What is good, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Kevo Bands Hoops Podcast, man. Back at it again today, man. Monday, January 24th. I know it has been a while since I've spoken to you guys, man. I miss talking to you guys. I miss doing these podcasts, but we are back. We are better. It is 2022, and I know, again, it's been a minute. I know, but I just had to reset. I had to recharge, refocus. I had to get my mind right. The end of last year was kind of crazy. I felt like I was being pulled in 100 different directions by 100 different people. But nonetheless, I'm way more at peace. I'm way more relaxed, and that is why I'm here talking to you guys today super ecstatic to bring you guys another podcast but as always i hope all you guys are doing well out there hopefully all you guys are staying safe the world is a crazy place so please be careful wherever you are at out there on this beautiful planet that we call the earth and just continue to try and not get covid19 it feels like we've been dealing with this pandemic forever but we are still here nonetheless but it is what it is and enjoy life i feel like ever since this pandemic started A lot of people have been going through a lot of things, which is fine. We're all humans. We all have emotions. But just don't forget to enjoy life because, one, you never know when your last day on this earth could be. And, two, it's just good to have fun and enjoy yourself. You know what I'm saying? It's good to enjoy the right people. It's good to enjoy a good company. It's it's good to enjoy yourself sometimes. You know what I'm saying? So just never take that for granted and just make the most out of this life, man. The world is yours. You control your destiny. You control every single thing that you do for the most part. You know what I'm saying? Some things are uncontrollable. I understand it. But for the most part, you control this stuff. You control it. You are the driver of your own destiny. So make the most of it, man. But as always, we are still demanding justice for Breonna Taylor. We are still demanding justice for Elijah McClain. We are still demanding justice for Jacob Blake. And we're going to continue to demand justice for anybody out there that has been a victim of police brutality or even worse, police murderings, because it simply needs to and it must stop point blank, period. And also, real quickly, before I get into today's topic at hand, I want to give a shout out to a few of my sports teams. The first one, because the last time I talked to you guys, we were still in the middle of college football season. And I want to give a shout out to the Michigan State Spartans, man. Mel Tucker in year two won 11 games, which is crazy because if you think about it, most head coaches that take on those high division one level head jobs in the power five conference, year two coaches usually don't win 11 games. And Mel Tucker did that and he won a Peach Bowl in all of that. And he had what should have been a realistic Heisman candidate in Kenneth Walker. Shout out to Mel Tucker. He's doing a phenomenal job with that program. Also want to give a shout out to Eric Spolster, the Miami Heat, currently sitting atop the Eastern Conference at the one seed, doing their thing between Kyle Lowry, Jimmy Butler, Tyler Hero, Bam Adebayo, and the rest of the Miami Heat organization. Also, too, just yesterday, in the divisional round in the NFC playoffs, my Los Angeles Rams went across the country down to Tampa Bay, Florida, and they slayed the GOAT himself, Tom Brady, in a great game, it for the most part was a good game, but it ended up being a great game at the end because we were up, I think, like 24 points in the third quarter. The Bucks come back. They tie the game up, and Matt Stafford makes two big plays with Cooper Cup to end the game. And shout out to Matt Gay for sealing the game and sending the Rams to the NFC Championship game where we will compete in our home building at SoFi Arena in Inglewood this weekend against none other than our rival San Francisco 49ers for the third time this season. I cannot wait for Sunday. It's actually my birthday coincidentally. So hopefully the Rams can get the win on my birthday. And also lastly to shout out to coach Izzo and them Spartan dogs on the hardwood doing their thing. Just had a hard earned victory this past Saturday or excuse me, Friday 
against the Wisconsin Badgers. Johnny Davis is a National Player of the Year candidate. They did a great job of defending him. Max Christie had a great game. And we will play in Champaign tomorrow versus the Fighting Illini with Kofi Coburn and Andre Curbelo and Alfonso Plummer. So that should be a great game. But I just want to give a shout-out to those teams. But let's stay on the college basketball level because I wanted to talk about this team and this coach for a while now, I kind of spoke about them in the offseason, getting ready for the college basketball season. But before I actually do that, a few years ago, because I've been doing this podcast for a few years now, I did a podcast. I can't remember if it was in 2018 or 2019, but it was somewhere around. There. I think it was 2018. And I titled it, Basketball is Headed Towards Its Golden Age in the State of Alabama, or something along the lines of that, right? And it was based upon not only just some of the high school talent that was coming out of the state of Alabama, but the programs, the high-level Division I programs in Alabama between Auburn and the University of Alabama in Tuscaloosa. Also, shout to Andy Kennedy for doing his thing at UAB, Alabama-Birmingham this year. He's done a great job with the Blazers. But it was mostly because of Auburn and Alabama, and that's because Auburn has Bruce Pearl's done a pretty good job at Auburn in the, within the past five years. And Alabama has Nate Oates, who's done a great job at the university at Buffalo and now continuing to do that at Alabama as he just reached a Sweet 16 last season. And he won the SEC Conference last season. So they've both done really good jobs, right? But this year, Bruce Pearl, man, he has a squad that I think is probably the most talented team that he's ever had. And that's saying something because Bruce Pearl has had some talented teams, whether it's between Tennessee and Auburn, but this team that he has at Auburn this year is special. And I can't forget too, that it was only a few years ago in 2019 when the Tigers made it to the final four, Bruce, excuse me, Jared Harper and, Br and Bryce Brown, they, that team was phenomenal. You know, they had a great run. They probably should have won that final four game against Virginia, but nonetheless, they still had an amazing run. I remember their first game they played against New Mexico State, and they probably should have lost that game, but they somehow pulled it out. And then all of a sudden, within the blink of an eye, they're in the Final Four. So shout out to them. But I just want to say this, because in Bruce Pearl's first three seasons at Auburn, he had a record of 44 wins and 54 losses. Now, in his last five years, because he's been there for eight seasons, including this year, he is his record is 112 wins to 39 losses. Bruce Pearl has done an outstanding job at Auburn within the past five years. And I always say, like, I always give coaches about three years to show if they're actually capable of being a head coach at whatever job that they're currently at. And in cases like Bruce Pearl, sometimes it takes a little bit longer than three years. It took him four to really get things going at Auburn. And now it just doesn't seem like he's going to look back whatsoever. Because you look at just last year, they had some off-the-court issues. You know, they had some things going on with the NCAA. They gave themselves a self-imposed postseason ban. They weren't able to play in the SEC Conference Tournament. They weren't able to play in the NCAA Tournament in March Madness, so they were out of it. You also had all those things going on with Sharif Cooper, his dad being an NBA agent, blah, blah, blah. He only gets a chance to play a few games. He still gets drafted nonetheless. But this team this year, man, even with all those things that happened last year, Somehow, Bruce Pearl was able to scrounge up a roster and make this team become one of the best teams in the country. And as of today, for the first time in Auburn basketball program history, they are sitting atop the AP Top 25 poll at the number one 
spot. So I want to say congrats to the War Eagle. Congrats to all the Tiger fans out there down in Auburn or nationwide or countrywide or wherever. Wherever you are on earth, if you're an Auburn fan, you should be happy as I don't know what for this team because this team, I've been watching them all season, and they are doing a lot of really good things because going back into the offseason, I kept saying to you guys that the SEC is going to be the best conference in college basketball for the 2021-2022 season. And for the most part, it's kind of looking like that, even though I think it's probably the Big East. But nonetheless, though, I was saying you have Alabama, you have Auburn, you have Arkansas, you have Kentucky, even LSU is playing really well right now, right? And I'm not going to lie, I was very high on Arkansas. Arkansas is not good this year. I was very high on Alabama. I'm still like 50-50 because I just don't trust a few of their guards right now. But Auburn has clearly separated from the rest of the pack. Kentucky's good. Sadly, they keep getting nicked up with injuries between Ty Ty Washington and Severe Wheeler. Not even injuries, but just weird things that happen on in the course of, of a game. But Auburn, they separated themselves because the first time I watched them play this season was actually their only loss of the season. It was probably one of the best games in college basketball the year, this year. And it was in the Bahamas, and they were playing at the Battle for Atlantis, which is one of the best you know preseason games tournaments in the country in college basketball and they were playing UConn and UConn's a really good team in the Big East led by Danny Hurley they got Tyrese Martin they got RJ Cole whole bunch of really good players on that UConn team right and UConn beats them in double overtime but as I was watching Auburn I just noticed that they have a lot of guys on this team at multiple positions on the court that can do a lot of very different things and I think that's a beautiful thing to have when you have so much talent and so much depth at each position, and each of those guys at those specific positions offer you different things. And so I want to start off with the PTP, or shout out to Dickie V, man, a legend, but that's Jabari Smith Jr., man. Jabari Smith Jr., he's from Atlanta, he's 6'11", his jump shot is effortless. And I'll say, I don't like to compare dudes to Kevin Durant, but when it just comes to having an effortless jumper, Jabari Smith kind of reminds me of Kevin Durant just in that sense alone, that they both have effortless looking jumpers this dude's jump shot is automatic it's no hesitancy in it it's he's letting it go full confidence he shoots the same every single time you can tell that he's put a lot of time into his jumper and just putting up shots because his jumper is beautiful looking and it is probably the most unfair weapon in all the college basketball right now like jabari smith is that dude and going into the season again i was saying that paulo bonchero of duke is the clear number one pick in the 2022 NBA draft. But now my thinking has changed, and I am all in on Jabari Smith Jr. being the number one pick in the 2022 NBA draft because he is just that good. This season right now currently, he is averaging 15.7 points per game. He's shooting 45% from the field, 42% from three. He's averaging 6.3 rebounds per game, and he's averaging a block per game. Again, he's originally from Atlanta. Bruce Pearl has had a ton of success recruiting from the Atlanta area with just with just the past two years between Jabari and Sharif Cooper. You know what I'm saying? So shout out to Atlanta. Bruce Pearl doing a, an amazing job of recruiting down there because they have a crop, a ton of basketball talent down there in the A. But nonetheless, though, Jabari just gets the job done, man. Every time I watch them play, I watch them play in pretty much all their big-time games this season, and he just shows up. Like He just clearly looks like he's better than the rest of the nine guys on the court. And that is not a diss to the rest of them. That is just saying that Jabari Smith is a gifted 
player. He's as gifted as they come, man. He is a special dude. Armor fans, enjoy him while he is wearing that uniform because I promise you he will not be there next season. And that's just as clear as it comes. But nonetheless, though, that is the head of the snake right there in Jabari Smith. But now you have other guys. I want to talk about the point guards. Zed Jasper, a transfer from the College of Charleston, COC. And then you have Wendell Green Jr., who's originally from Detroit. He transfers over from Eastern Kentucky. Now he's the backup point guard. And the thing that I love about both of Auburn's point guards between Zed Jasper and Wendell Green is just what I mentioned a few minutes ago is they offer you two completely different things. Zed Jasper is a lockdown, shutdown type of guard. You need that type of guard on your team if you're aspiring to win a championship. On the other hand, Wendell Green, man, Wendell Green Jr., is a movie every time he walks onto the court. This dude, I actually watched him play in high school for a little bit. He played for La Lumiere out in Indiana, which is one of the top basketball programs in the country at the high school basketball level. And then I watched him play a little bit at Eastern Kentucky last year, and he was a stud. And now watching him transfer and go up a level to the Power Five and play in the SEC, the change has been nearly non-existent for Wendell Green Jr. Like that game versus Alabama on the road against a really good Alabama team when Wendell Green came into the game, he changed everything. He gave Auburn better offense. He gave them a little bit more poise. Like, he just does everything that you want your point guards to do on both ends of the floor. And again, Zed is a better defensive player. But what Wendell gives you off just his offense alone, and especially because he comes off the bench so you know he's going to give you an, a, an immediate spark plug, it's just special. You know what I'm saying? He had so many big-time plays in that game against Alabama that I was just sitting there like, oh, my goodness. He just turned me into a big-ass fan because he's just that good. He had a lot of play that was crazy. He had a play where he snaked the pick-and-roll, where he pretty much did a low dribble in between the pick-and-roll. He broke two defenders, and then he did a Euro step in the paint over another defender, and he scored it. And I was just like, this dude, man, is special. And a lot of people, a lot of fans, a lot of just – fans of the college basketball game that watch Auburn play. I've heard a lot of people criticize Wendell Green's shot selection, but if you go back, just like I mentioned earlier in this episode, Bryce Brown and Jared Harper, their shot selection looks pretty much just how Wendell Green Jr. does this year. You know what I'm saying? You go back and watch those Auburn teams in 2019-2020, they shoot damn near the same shots that Wendell Green Jr. was taking. So I don't really mind that because clearly – Bruce Pearl wants his team to take those shots. He wants his team to get out on the break. And if you feel like you can put points on the board, Bruce Pearl is encouraging you to take those shots. And not only can Wendell Green take those shots, he's capable of making those shots at a high clip. So I don't mind those deep threes that he takes, especially because it seems like he's been shooting those shots for a very long time. So he's comfortable doing that. And when he's in a rhythm, he's more than likely going to hit that than not. So I don't worry about those shots at all. But those are the guards. One of my favorite players on Auburn's team last year, actually he was my favorite player last year, even though I know they had Sharif Cooper, but this dude, Alan Flanagan, I think he had an Achilles injury last year. He had surgery, I think sometime within the off season. And then he came back like, I think like a month into the season this year. And he's already back in the starting lineup. And I think the reason why I'm high on this Auburn team and why I think they can win it all and punch their ticket to the final four in New Orleans in March or April is because of Alan Flanagan. This dude, 6'6", lefty, 
big time scorer, one of the most talented slash gifted scorers in the entire conference. He can just go. You know what I'm saying? Like he's a big body dude. He loves to get to the free throw line. He loves to guard. He has no lack of confidence. He's always trying to get a bucket for his team. He's always trying to make the right play. And that's why I like this dude because he is an NBA player. I'm going to say it right now. Alan Flanagan is an NBA player and NBA front offices need to pay attention to this dude because he is a special player. And I believe in Auburn because I don't think we've seen Alan Flanagan at his best yet. Like I do think the best days of Alan Flanagan are ahead of him when it comes to Auburn because he's still trying to work his way back into game speed. How does he compliment his teammates? You know, which shots to take, which shots not to take, being patient, learning how to play with Jabari Smith Jr. It's a lot of things that factor factor into coming off of an injury and then jumping into a brand new team in a brand new season. Because last year is last year. You weren't playing for anything last year. This year, you have a legit chance of going to the Final Four and winning it all. So I think once Auburn can incorporate Alan Flanagan and get him back to full game speed and being 100%, this team is going to take a big, major leap. And I think Alan Flanagan is that dude. I think when you need a bucket late in the game, not only can you call upon Jabari Smith, but you can also call upon Alan Flanagan to get you a good shot. So that's why I trust in Alan Flanagan because he's just him. He's a special player, and I like his game a lot. The other dude in the backcourt, who this dude, man, I don't know how Tom Crean ended up getting this dude at Georgia, but I'm kind of glad that Bruce Pearl was able to snag him away from a fellow SEC team because he was playing for the Bulldogs in Athens last year for UGA and Tom Crean. But now he's in Auburn playing for the Tigers. And that's KD Johnson, man. Another dude from Atlanta. KD Johnson, when you watch this dude play, it feels like he's just running off of caffeine all damn day. Like he's just super energetic. He's playing at a high tempo. He sets the tone. And I think you need a player like this on every single team because you want that dude who you know is never going to lack energy. He's never going to lack hustle. He's never going to lack fight. And he's going to compete until the whistle blows. And even after the whistle blows, he's still going to be trying to compete. I love KD Johnson because it feels like every time he scores, he gets a block, he gets a steal, he's talking to the opposition. He's talking to the other team. He's talking to the other team's bench. He's talking to the other team's coach. Like He's going to let you know every single time he makes a big-time play. And I love KD Johnson, man. That dude, if Bruce Pearl was a player and was a nice player, he'd probably be something like KD Johnson because they have the same exact energy. I think KD Johnson might be a little more hyper, and that's saying a lot because if you've seen Bruce Pearl, that is a hyper man right there. But KD Johnson is hyper as I don't know what, and it's a great thing. Like Even when it looks like he's playing out of control, He's still very under control. He knows how to play the game, man. He has a deep, long jumper that is capable of hitting from three. He can get to the rack. He can blow by you. He has the floater game. He's a really good passer. He's unselfish. And he just plays with that chip on his shoulder like, okay, you think you're about to bully me? Nah, like, I'm about to bully you. I'm about to step on you, and I'm about to let you know about it. I love everything about KD Johnson's game, man. He is a pit bull off the leash for real. And then... That also leads me to Walker Kessler. A lot of people are saying that Walker Kessler is the best rim protector in all of college basketball. And honestly, I don't know if I fully agree with that, but Walker Kessler hasn't given me any reason to go against that. This dude, man, last year, or actually, let me go even further back. A couple years ago, he was a five-star player out of the state of Georgia. He originally committed to North Carolina, where he actually played last year. But the problem was 
that Roy Williams had like four different big men between Dayron Sharp, who's now playing with the Brooklyn Nets. You have Garrison Brooks, who transferred from North Carolina, now playing at Mississippi State, also in the SEC. And then you had who else was there? You had another one. It was it was four of them. But nonetheless, the Ar- Armando Baycott, Armando Baycott is still there at North Carolina. So now Roy Williams retires. Walker Kess is like, okay, I'm not going to play for the coach that I originally committed to play college basketball for. He's retiring. So now I'm going to put my name into the transfer portal and I'm going to somehow get even closer to home. And that's exactly what he does by transferring to Auburn. And automatically off the gate, he just made Auburn's defense from really, really good to elite because Walker Kessler, when it comes to just protecting the rim, just being on the floor, he's protecting the rim. He's pretty good covering pick and rolls, but he just knows how to use his body. He knows when to help off. He doesn't make a lot of dumb fouls. Now, he does have a tendency to make some dumb fouls here and there, which kind of could you know make you mad if you're an Auburn fan. But that the good thing about that, though, is that they have a dude in Dylan Carwell who's really good. He actually played with Sharif Cooper for the most part in high school. And Dylan Carwell, man, I'm telling you, had Dylan Carwell not been at Auburn right now, like say he was at another school in the SEC, he would more than likely start at most of the schools in the SEC that don't have a center. So, like, if he didn't go to Alabama, Florida, or excuse me, Auburn, Florida, or Kentucky, I promise you Dylan Carwell will probably be starting at most of the schools in the SEC at the center position because he's just that good. High-level dude, catches lobs, good at rolling, good hands, good hand-eye coordination. He's just a solid big man. And then I think, too, the beautiful thing about Auburn is how the rest of their bench balances out. Jalen Williams is another really good guy that can pass, shoot, dribble, beautiful lefty-looking shot, high-level athlete. Same thing with Devin Cambridge. His jumper's kind of weird. He kind of has like a two-motion jump shot, but it goes in. You can make a case that he's probably one of the better shooters on this team, another high-level athlete that's really good at playing off the backside and catching lobs, just being ready to shoot, and he defends at a high level. That's the beautiful thing about this team is that everybody plays defense. It's no defensive liability on this team. Everybody has good defensive principles. They communicate. They hustle hard. They win most of the loose balls, the 50-50 balls for the most part. Like, Auburn can win it all, man. This team is really good. I did not take into account how good they will be compared to the rest of the teams in the SEC, but I clearly think that they've separated themselves as the leader of the pack in the SEC. Like, I don't think as good as Kentucky is, and I know, Ty Ty Washington got hurt in the first half versus Kentucky in that first half this past Saturday when Auburn beat Kentucky down there in the jungle. I understand that. So we couldn't get a chance to see both teams fully healthy. But even if Ty Ty didn't get hurt, I still feel like Auburn would have went on that same exact run in the second half and beat Kentucky. Now, I know it sucks, but it just is what it is. But to me, I just don't think anybody in the SEC is better than this team. I don't think they have the depth. I don't think they have the talent. And I just think all around, you have the superstar Jabari Smith Jr. that you can rely upon. And Bruce Pearl, man, he's got to make the most of his team. He already is. You know, again, they have a record of 18-1, and 10-0 at home, 7-0 undefeated in the SEC, and they're 5-0 and in away games. So they have a really good resume as of right now. I, can, I expect them to continue to build upon this resume. The SEC has some good teams. Don't get it twisted. Kentucky's really good. They already beat LSU at home. They already beat Florida at home. They still got to play, you know, a couple other games. You know, again, they beat Alabama on the road. So they pretty much beat majority of the top teams. Now it's about just putting together championship habits, you know, not being um, lazy, not getting um, – what am I looking for? Not being steady. You know, be steady, 
but not getting comfortable. That's what I'm going to say. Don't get comfortable. You want to continue to build championship habits. You want to try and get better each and every single game. And you want to just evolve. You know what I'm saying? This team can go far. I believe in this team. There's a few teams that I like out there between Baylor, Arizona, Villanova, Duke. It's some really good teams in the college basketball atmosphere this year. But Auburn is probably my favorite to win it all now, man. I got to say it. Like, I just like this team, man. Bruce Pearl has a squad. Everybody on this team that comes onto the court and contributes for this team gives them something good every single time that they're on the floor. It never fails. You know what I'm saying? So I, I really like this Auburn team, and you guys should watch them. They play tomorrow versus Missouri. I can't remember if the game is at Mizzou or at Auburn, but nonetheless, though, if Auburn's on TV, please go watch them. This team is the goods. They are legit, and I'm telling you guys right now, they are currently the number one team in the country for a reason. They are the best college basketball team in the United States of America right now in this very moment as I am speaking to you guys, man. But as always, I appreciate you guys for making it this far, man. This has been another episode of the Kevo Bands Hoops Podcast. Shout out to everybody that supports me. I appreciate you guys from the bottom of my heart. We're going to continue to do this. I appreciate you guys. And let's just keep pushing, man. But as always, shout out to Nuts and Bolts Sports. I'm a college basketball writer slash blogger slash journalist. Feature alongside a whole bunch of other really talented writers slash bloggers slash journalists. I'm also a podcast hoster for Nuts and Bolts Sports, a part of their long podcast network. So please go check us out. We got a long list of sports podcasts out there. So please go check out Nuts and Bolts Sports, man. But as always, this has been another episode of the Kevo Bands Hoops Podcast. Please like comment subscribe rate review and share and if you listen to my podcast on apple podcast please leave a rate and review that is how we share grow and expand the podcast you guys be safe out there and as always i will talk to you guys soon peace and love gone